Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hi, this is Jordan Moreno, and this is The Valley Now, your weekly feel-good hour where we lift each other up with the stories of good people doing good things in your neighborhood. Every week, we'll be talking with community leaders who have a unique passion for our thriving city and those that make the Valley such a special place to live. Get ready to be inspired by the work they're doing, whether it's mentoring our youth, providing a platform for those without one, or just driving those worthy charitable causes. Listen in on the conversations and join us in raising our community. This is our time to shine and this is The Valley Now. Welcome to another community conversation on The Valley Now. I'm Jordan Moreno and today something I think that we can all agree on. The well-being of our children and advocating for the best care when they're in need. I've been able to see the work firsthand of Bloom Kids and It's incredible, the work that you all have done in under one year. I'm joined today by Daniel Favel, CEO and co-founder of Bloom Kids, and Jane Tamek, who is the Senior Director of Behavioral Health. Hello, welcome. Hi, Jordan. Thanks for having us today. Hi. Thanks for being here. First question right off the bat, what is Bloom Kids? Bloom Kids is a pediatric health and wellness center that provides support and therapy to kiddos with autism or other forms of intellectual or developmental disabilities. And what is your mission? So our mission in general is to improve the quality of life and wellness trajectory for kiddos with different abilities and their families. And I think part of the reason that you've been so successful in such a short amount of time is because of that immediate connection to the mission and that both Daniel, you and your wife walked away from traditionally successful corporate careers to start this. And it's a fascinating story. Can you kind of start me from the beginning of what is your story, your family story, really? And how did you choose to start Bloom Kids? So prior to Bloom Kids, I spent about 15 years in the tech industry, uh, working for different companies like Yelp and The Real Real. And that was a, a great experience. And, you know, I had originally probably saw myself staying in tech for the totality of my career. However, about a year and a half ago, my wife and I started kicking around some ideas and just discussing our own personal needs that we were running into with our children looking for therapy services. And one thing led to another, and we eventually kind of looked at each other and said, we're, we're doing this. And so we decided to start Bloom Kids at that point. Can you tell me uh, the story of your daughter as well and yeah. how you even were in this space? Yeah, so I have four kids. The oldest, Sam, is nine. Maggie's six, almost seven. Teddy's just turned four, and Charlie just turned two. So we've got a, a full household. But <laughs> when my daughter, Maggie, was uh, about 13 months, she had a global regression. So, you know, she went from having some words, a lot of, you know, hitting most of her milestones to losing those words and running into a lot of other issues. So that kind of sent us on the path of figuring out what was going on. She was diagnosed with on the autism spectrum. She also has a, a genetic 
mutation. It's the HERC2 gene, which contributes a lot to her presentation of, of autism and other things. But anyway, um, we started looking around for clinics and for you know different therapies for my daughter. And what we found was there was a lot of decent places, a lot of really good people working in this space, but the services provided at the time were really fragmented. And this was in 2018 when we first found out. And so one thing led to another and we ended up moving our family out to Chicago. I was able to transfer to the Yelp office out there at that time. Um, and we were doing that in basically pursuit of better clinical therapies and options. And we landed at a clinic there, which we thought was great, met some really great people there, but they had a multidisciplinary approach, but it wasn't necessarily truly collaborative in the way that we were hoping to see. And Jane will talk a little bit more about that uh, here in a minute, because she actually, um, we met her uh, while Maggie was going there and she started working with our daughter at that time. But Maggie started seeing a lot of really great progress just with the focus therapies. And so this is kind of our first glimpse into what we talk about now, which is improving the trajectory for kiddos on the spectrum. To take a step back as a part of our mission, um, we really think about how we accomplish that mission in, in two different ways. First is by helping improve the trajectory for kiddos, and second is by helping families work better. And a lot of our experiences with Maggie is really what helped us form those goals and the ways that we approach uh, accomplishing our mission. So with Maggie, we started you know, the, the therapy, we worked with many great people on that, but you know, we got to a place where we didn't have any family in Chicago. There were some other options available. So in December 2019, we actually moved back to the Valley and then the pandemic hit and everything else. So therapy was, was tough to get at that time. Right. So that was also another reason why we never really found a great home base here, despite trying several different options uh, here in the Valley for Maggie's therapy and ultimately decided to just launch our own thing. In a pandemic. Tell me about launching yeah. something totally new in a pandemic. Well, it was shortly after the pandemic, or at least the depths of it, right? I would say our soft launch was in April of last year. We started providing supports, um, not just for our kiddos, but for a few other kiddos out of a temporary space. So we did that. And then in August of 2022, we moved into our uh, clinic here in Chandler. So we're located at Pecos and Cooper. And so we have a 6,500 square foot facility here in Chandler. And then in September, so we moved in in August, September, we did our grand opening here and have been off to the races ever since. And it is so aesthetic. It's the aesthetics of everyone's dreams. Everything. It's not a hospital setting whatsoever. It's very comforting. It's home-like. It is better decorated than my own home. Like it is, It's a beautiful, beautiful space. Jane, tell me about when a parent comes and they're wanting to enroll their child into the program. What mm -hmm. is that format that you guys have? For like intakes, we usually typically start with a meet and greet. So we're able to give a tour to the family and show them that the facility, get to know more about their child and their past experiences in, in therapies, what they've done so far, diagnoses, everything like that to really kind of showcase for them what Bloom Kids can offer, but then also look to see what we can do for them, what they are really seeking for, what they're searching for, what they feel like is going to enrich their lives and their child's success. 
And it also gives them an opportunity during the meet and greet to meet some of our clinicians that they'll be working with. We have our clinical director of speech, uh, clinical director of occupational therapy, and even ABA that are present sometimes at these meet and greets so that they're able to meet the clinicians face-to-face, ask them specific questions. Um, And typically at that meet and greet, it's just, again, a time for them to ask all the questions that they want to learn more about Bloom Kids and also us learn more about them. And they decide, you know, this is a good fit and this is something that they want to pursue. Then we look to kind of setting up those evaluations and things like that. And what are some of those unique treatment plans that, you know, Daniel mentioned, everything was fragmented, everything was all over the place. (laughs) The vision was to bring everything in together to one central space. What are some of those options that families have? Here at Bloom Kids, we offer physical therapy, occupational therapy, speech therapy, and ABA therapy. And certainly we're not um, limited to that. We're always looking to see what other types of services do families need. Maybe that's an avenue we need to go down. But for now, how we typically approach that collaboration piece is that all of our clients, um, we do a round robin, we call them, where all of the clinicians that are part of that client's team meet on a biweekly basis and talk about that client and just check in with everybody to make sure that we're all kind of on the same page with the way that the treatment's going or if we're seeing certain things pop up in different areas, it's our opportunity to speak with the other clinicians to figure out in our own disciplines, how do we cope or manage this or help um, institute programming to address these concerns. It's really, really helpful. And especially with, I'm sure you saw when you were um, touring the clinic, we're all back there in one room together. So it really kind of, even outside of those Ron Robbins, we're constantly talking about our clients and collaborating and figuring out how to make the most of their time here. It's really, really beneficial from a clinician standpoint, because I'm learning so much about these other disciplines that I haven't necessarily had the same type of access to. Before, I have worked in multidisciplinary clinics, but not to this degree of integration, I will say. Similar to what Dan was describing, it was very much, yes, they offer these services and I know the speech path and I might, you know, chat or check in with them, but we weren't working and planning together. We were kind of staying in our own lanes and just doing our own thing and, you know, hey, how's it going, but not really learning more about what they're doing, why they're doing that and all that kind of stuff. So this has been really an amazing experience and opportunity for me to learn more about these other disciplines that I haven't really had that much access to. And of course, the at the end of the day, the client is the one that's benefiting the most from this because instead of us running so separate programs that might even conflict with each other, we're making a huge effort to work together and figure out how we can maximize each of our expertise to make sure that the client benefits the absolute most from these services. Right. It's all for the kids. Is Mm -hmm. that how Dan and Katie kind of was it hook, line and sinker when they asked you to come with them and they're like, hey, we have this idea. We want you to be part of this. Is that what drew you in or, or what made you decide to take that leap with them? A hundred percent. I mean, it was a lot of the the vision that they had was an ultimate dream for me. My children are both on the autism spectrum. So I've had similar experiences to them of having just the, from the family standpoint, the draining mental, like going through the logistics of getting so-and-so to ABA therapy, then moving on to the speech and OT clinic and just having to be that person that has to communicate between all parties is exhausting. And a lot of the times as a parent, I probably failed in that regard because I couldn't remember what the speech path said that I was supposed to tell the OT and then is ABA supposed to know this? 
So it's really helpful to kind of have everybody in one spot and like, come tell me as the parent what I need to know. <laughs> yeah. uh, instead of me trying to like cipher through everything and figure out who needs to know what, the idea of having the whole team there and then coming to, you know, the parents and saying, okay, these are the big things that we're seeing. This is how we're going to approach it. This is what you need to know is incredibly helpful. And I think that for me as a parent to be able to be part of that process and give that to other parents who are maybe fresher on this road mm -hmm. of, you know, just learning about a diagnosis when it's very overwhelming. I think for me, that just felt like this is such a good, good thing. And I would love to be part of it. And for both of you, is this kind of sense of community, what does that mean? And how is that kind of one of those intangible pieces of the pie and of the holistic child of for the parents, that sense of community, do you guys uh, invest in that kind of in your time and treasures and as part of your program? Yeah, we do. Short answer. I think the parent community and what we try to build is one of the most important things we're focused on, right? When we talk about helping families work better, we truly mean that. And that is all the way down to the design of our clinic. And Jordan, you, you saw it when you came in and visited, we have a parent co-working space. Right. Most clinics out there, when you go to them, and I've visited my fair share, and I'm sure Jane has as well, um, they usually have a very small waiting room, sometimes bad carpet, right? Uh, sometimes <laughs> laminated posters on the walls. Um, but we wanted it to feel very different. Our decision when we went in this direction was to create a world class experience and provide a world class clinical care delivery for, for our patients or clients. So having a, a parent co-working station allows, you know, folks who might have to travel or, you know, need to get their kid to services, but, you know, might need to jump on a Zoom call, right, for, for their work or sit down and knock out some emails or whatever that might be, or just take a break, frankly, right? Grab a cup of coffee, take a break, take a deep breath, scroll to your Instagram, whatever you want, right? We have that space dedicated to you for it. And then we also offer parent training. So we try to connect uh, our parents to build that sense of community. You know, as a special needs parent, um, when you're first going on this journey and learning that your kiddo is different, you deal with a lot of emotional and logistical challenges, right? On the logistical side, it's as Jane mentioned, you're, you're going all over the place for different therapies, you're spending hours a day in the car. And that certainly was our experience um, as parents with, with my daughter, Maggie. But here, you can come here and get all the therapies you need in one place saves a ton of trips, right? And so it's right. giving you giving that family time back to focus on all the other laundry list of things that they need to do. And then I think with many of our clinicians having kiddos on the spectrum and us, you know, coming to this as founders, dealing with with our kiddos and their challenges on the spectrum, I think we're able to really help prepare parents for the journey that they are about to go on and sit with them through that mm -hmm. process. One of our advisors uh, put it a really good way. As a special needs parent, you live in two time zones. You live in the now and the not now. Yeah. And you've got enough shit on your plate to deal with with the now that you don't think about the not now. Yeah. But the not now is really important. So thinking into the future, what are the issues and challenges that families are going to run into? And how can we come alongside them? and help them understand what those things are, how to address them, and put together a game plan along with them to help support them through that. So that's really where we focus on helping families work better. And that's something that I was surprised by when I was first kind of diving into this space with you and learning more about it, was how long families are within the center 
every day. You said upwards of eight hours. And so, you know, I start asking, how do parents balance school and therapy and their own lives? And, you know, we, we've all got so much on our plates just as a society. Can you speak a little bit more to the time spent there that it, it truly is? Is that the average is eight hours? Um, I mean, we do have a lot of clients here that are um, here for eight hours. And, and that being said, you know, we we make that day as comfortable for the client as humanly possible. Right. So we're very smart about how we're planning programming. You know, we're not going to target the most challenging tasks for them at the end of the eight hours when they're exhausted from a day. <laughs> Maybe we're going to focus more on the play programming and, and things like that. For parents, you know, they do find that ones that are struggling with those logistics and especially trying to balance a full-time job, other siblings and their activities, the eight hours can be very helpful for them in terms of knowing that they're getting all the services that they need at this time. Um, and then they can pick them up and they can move through the rest of their day. It's eight hours and that seems like a lot, but it really doesn't feel like it for the child. We are working on tons of different skills. And like I mentioned, we're switching through different therapies. So ABA might, because ABA is a very intensive program and therapy. So most of the time it's dominated by ABA hours, but we're filtering in the speech and the occupational therapy and the physical therapy as well. We also have some rooms for naps. So our children who are about that napping age and they um, are napping. They go, they take their nap as they would if they were in a preschool or a full-time daycare. Um, it's a really productive, but fun time for our clients. So it really doesn't feel like eight hours, even though eight hours sounds like a lot. We also do have clients that are not here for the full eight hours. Um, we're really trying to work with our families to customize the schedule that makes sense for them based off of clinical recommendations from the therapist and also what makes sense for the family. Uh, we want to make sure that while they're here, they're receiving the best possible services and most productive time as humanly possible. And certainly we don't want that to come at such a high cost for the family dynamics. We understand that people have jobs that they're juggling. They have other siblings that have other activities that are very, very important that they be part of. So we really work with the families to customize the schedule to make sure that all avenues of their life are met, that they're able to get the child the services they need. They're able to juggle all of their other responsibilities and still have this be a huge benefit towards them. Right. And you mentioned that sibling dynamic. How do you foster those siblings as part of the programs? They're along just just part of the journey like the parents are and like the child going through the program. Definitely. The siblings are, there's so many different avenues. And one of the areas that we really want to dive into is how do we support the siblings? A lot of the times with, uh, specifically with ABA, uh, we have family treatment guidance. And so typically through insurance, we get approved for about an hour a week. And that's time for the BCBA to spend with the parents or sometimes the siblings will have sibling focused programs uh, to really kind of help and make the family unit run smoother, given this, you know, diagnosis of autism and what might happen within the home environment that might cause some, you know, struggles within the family. So for example, I have worked with families where the siblings do not play well with each other. It's hard for them, especially when you're dealing with um, younger siblings, you can't really sit down with them and explain to them what's going on with their with their sibling and how best to interact with them. So we have to get creative and come up with different ways so we can foster a positive relationship between them. Siblings are your friends for life. And we want to make sure that we're helping contribute to that. 
So from the ABA side, typically we have about an hour a week that can be used in many different ways with the family, whether it's reviewing progress with the parents, specific parent training, going into the home. We do home visits as well to support um, all the success we're seeing in the clinic, having it transfer over into home. And sometimes siblings are a big focus of that. But even sibling support groups, I know that they exist out there. I would love to have one um, here at Bloom Kids because there's so much that siblings go through uh, that I think often it's a bit, I don't want to say overlooked, but I feel like we haven't fully tapped into understanding what a sibling goes through when they have a sibling that has special needs. Absolutely. And I think there's a term that I've recently heard, a glass child. Right. So it's a, a child that's generally looked through because you're so focused on the, the challenges of another sibling. And so those things pop up. Just to add on to Jane's answer there for a second. So all that from a clinical perspective is what we do. But also one thing that makes us a little bit different from um, other clinics or some of the experiences that we've had in the past is we really spend a lot of conscious effort on trying to foster communication with the families. So between our clinicians and the family themselves, so that we're proactively addressing any sorts of issues that are starting to pop up in the home, in the community, with siblings, at school, right? So that there's a constant stream of communication and that we're dynamic and can pivot to the needs of the family versus just following a rigid treatment plan. Most evaluations happen every six months. Here we do the evaluations every six months for the kiddos as well, but we also have quarterly check-ins with our families where we have them come in, actually sit down, go over progress from the treatment plan, make sure that any questions that they have are answered, gives them an opportunity to talk about any challenges or issues in addition to what they've said in the past or things that they're seeing pop up, and really just continue to foster that, that collaboration with the family. And now I know both of you have your own stories and your own success stories because of Bloom Kids, but you're so fortunate to be able to encounter countless success stories and these children that are totally turning themselves around. But do you have a, a child or a story that sticks out in your mind where you really saw the light bulb go off? And maybe the parents have explained to you before, oh, we've tried this service, we've tried that program, where you kind of looked at each other and you're like, okay, this was worth it. Yeah, one comes to mind for me and, and Jane, feel free to jump in with any others uh, afterward. But this is the best part of doing this work is seeing the impact on both the kiddos and their families. And we have one kiddo who's been with us for about four months now. He just turned four, was diagnosed a bit late on the autism spectrum, felt for parents, right? They were going through the pandemic, through some of those formative kind of milestones, things were missed in terms of developmental check-ins with pediatrician, things like that. So they got a bit of a later start, but we're seeing the child just take off. So when he came here, he was completely nonverbal. Now, you know, just the other day, he was he was saying mom, um, asking for his mama, uh, which was absolutely adorable to see. He is able to communicate some of his wants and needs through some of the visual tools that we provide to him, which has reduced his behaviors uh, significantly. He's now able to play with his younger sister uh, in a more effective and safe way than he was previously. And, you know, his younger sister, I think, is about just over a year old. So that's an important uh, relationship and interaction. And then also, you know, what really touched my heart was the parents. So after a couple months and some of the interactions, um, we spoke to the parents and, you know, they basically said, Bloom Kids gave us the space to focus on other things that were important, including our marriage. 
Um, And so when we say helping families work better, there's nothing better than that, right? Divorce rates are upwards of 80% for families with kiddos with special needs. And so the more that we can come alongside those families and help give them some space, help give them some time back, help them give them some energy back to focus on investing in some of the other important areas of their life is really special. I didn't realize that the divorce rate was that high. And that's only going to make things even worse, (laughs) only going to add challenges. And what about you, Jean? For me, I feel like it's sounds so cliche, but I really feel like it's every client. Um, Every client that I encounter, when they come in, there's always there's always something that we can tap into and and an avenue in which we can help them grow. And I'm a big, big um, believer and I absolutely love behavior intervention plans. And so once we can get you know, we find a targeted behavior or a challenging behavior that's really acting as a barrier for them being able to access their natural environment or gain um, really necessary skills for independence. I love targeting those and then kind of seeing it through and seeing those behaviors change and, and being able to reinforce those, like the functional communication, all of those pieces that help them gain independence. And every time that I see that with every client that I have, it just brings me so much joy. And and especially when we have those kids where previously, you know, they're communicating, they're, they're not, they're communicating through challenging behaviors. They're not communicating functionally. And once we get that functional communication in, it's just like sunshine, mm-hmm. um, as, especially with the, the client that um, Daniel was talking about. I remember he was not my client, but I remember I was sitting in the office with three other clinicians and all of a sudden we heard a new voice that we had not heard before. <laughs> and it was counting to 20 in the hallway. He was walking by and we were like, who is that? Who And sure enough, it was that kiddo. And we all went dead silent in the office, just realizing the impact of of what that meant for him, what that meant for his family, and really being able to have those moments with all of our clients, which I assure you we, we have in different avenues. It's just so meaningful. And it really, it's what keeps me going, basically. It's huge. And having experienced both the nonprofit and for-profit business, why did you choose to go the nonprofit route? I mean, I think your last answers kind of also answered that. But if you can just dive deeper into why nonprofit and like, do you ever have plans to go back to corporate or are we nonprofit from here on out? As for nonprofit, why we decided to open Bloom Kids as a nonprofit is, you know, we found ourselves historically at a number of other clinics in the past that had, a, as I mentioned, a lot of really great people. And what we also found, though, is that they felt a bit transactional, mm-hmm. right? And so we knew that we wanted Bloom Kids to feel different, right? And so by going the nonprofit route, it gives us a bit more of an opportunity to really focus on curating the type of, of experience that that we wanted to. And so by not being beholden to investors or other things like that, we can take the revenues that are coming in and really invest it back into the organization. By no means do we go, did we go the nonprofit route to not be a world-class business. We, we take business very seriously around here and we run it well. But what we wanted to make sure is that there was no question about what our intentions were with this, right? We wanted to stay focused on how do we impact the most kids in the most significant way possible? And I think the biggest question is you've done so much in such a short amount of time. What does the future look like for Bloom Kids? You've got a whole runway ahead of you. Yeah, well, um, we're going to reach capacity here at our center in Chandler pretty soon. So we're, I would forecast that that probably happens in the next 
couple, probably the next month or so. Wow. So for us, it's going to be, you know, continuing to iterate on our approach. How do we figure out what the Bloom Kids method is, if you will? How is that providing better clinical outcomes uh, for our clients long-term? So continuing to just really refine on creating that world-class clinical experience here. And then starting to think about, well, how do we grow and expand? You know, so that could be through opening additional locations. That's something that we've been kicking around. Um, That could be partnering with other organizations. We're brainstorming some ways that we can build a mobile and web app experience for our families and the kiddos we serve that would be beneficial to them and enhance their their clinical experience. So they were kicking around some ideas there. But really the goal is to, to scale, impact as many kiddos as possible, contribute to the research around uh, autism and autism uh, therapies, and do it in the most cost-effective way possible long-term. Love it. And for those parents listening that maybe they had the same experience you did in a more clinical setting, and they're looking for a new place to go, or just someone that wants to learn more about Bloom Kids, the amazing work that you're doing in the community, where can we find you on social media, your website? Yeah, you can go to our website, www.bloomkids, that's kids with a Z, dot org. Fill out our contact form there. We'll set you up with a meet and greet, as Jane mentioned, come in, meet our clinicians, tour the facility, just get familiar with what we're doing here and how we're different. Um, so we'd welcome anyone to come there. You can also follow us on social media. Um, we're on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok. Um, not currently on Twitter, but you can find us on each one of those, bloomkids underscore A's to be. Amazing. Daniel, Jane, thank you so much for being here today and for your amazing work in the community. Thank you, Jordan. It was a pleasure speaking with you. Thanks. All right. I want to give a very special thank you to my guests today. And I want to thank you for being a part of the program and making our community an amazing place, not just to live and to work, but most importantly, to play. You can hear The Valley Now on the radio with audio on demand on radio station websites and the Odyssey app. My name is Jordan Moreno. Shine your light, share your love, and join us again next week right here on The Valley Now.